Listen, you absolutely need to be going to Sugar Bum Cosmetics for all of your handmade makeup and skincare product needs. There's lip gloss, there's incredible body butters, all of it, handmade, organic, high quality materials. Check it out, and I promise you will not be disappointed. Sugarbumcosmetics.net. Enlighten. suppression is a strategy used to influence the outcome of an election by discouraging or preventing specific groups of people from voting. It is distinguished from political campaigning in that campaigning attempts to change likely voting behavior by changing the opinions of potential voters through persuasion and organization, activating otherwise inactive voters, or registering new supporters. Voter suppression instead attempts to reduce the number of voters who might vote against a candidate or proposition. The tactics of voter suppression range from minor changes to make voting less convenient, to physically intimidating and or attacking prospective voters, which is illegal. Voter suppression can be effective if a significant number of voters are intimidated or disenfranchised. In 2013, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Shelby v. Holder that voting laws had resulted in voter suppression and discrimination. Here in the United States, elections are administered locally and forms of voter suppression vary among jurisdictions. Initially, when America was first founded, the right to vote was limited to property-owning white men. So voter suppression and the right to vote, and I'm sorry, limiting the right to vote, is as American as the Constitution itself. Over time, the right to vote was legally granted to racial minorities, women, and youth. Later, in the 19th and 20th centuries, Southern states passed Jim Crow laws to suppress poor and racial minorities, women, and youth. It's important to note that while Jim Crow laws did not make voting illegal outright, it did facilitate aggressive and brutal tactics that made targeted groups afraid to vote. The tactics used under Jim Crow laws include poll taxes, literacy tests, and grandfather clauses. 
Most of these voter suppression tactics were made illegal after the enactment of the Voting Rights Act of of 1965. In 2013, discriminatory voter ID laws arose following the Supreme Court's decision to strike down Section 4 of the Voting Rights Act. And we'll get into that a little further in this episode. Um, Some instances of voter suppression include um, a Texas, in Texas, excuse me, a voter ID law requiring a driver's license, passport, military ID, or gun permit was repeatedly found to be intentionally discriminatory, so much so that the state's election laws could be put under the control of the Department of Justice. However, under Attorney General Jeff Sessions, the DOJ expressed support for Texas ID law. Sessions himself has been accused of suppressing the black vote in 1986 by the widow of Martin Luther King, Coretta Scott King. In Wisconsin, a federal judge found that the state's restrictive voter ID law led to, and I quote, real incidents of disenfranchisement, which undermine rather than enhance confidence in elections, particularly in minority communities. Voter suppression tactics vary and may include the following. Poll taxes, which started in the 1890s and was used as a means to disenfranchise voters, particularly African-Americans and poor whites in the South. Poll taxes required eligible voters to pay a fee before casting a ballot. The poll tax mechanism varied from state to state, In Alabama, for example, the poll tax was cumulative, meaning that you had to pay all the poll taxes due from the age of 21 onward in order to vote. In other states, poll taxes had to be paid for several years before being eligible to vote. Enforcement of poll taxes was very inconsistent. The poll tax was officially prohibited in 1964. Literacy tests. Similar to poll taxes, literacy tests were primarily used to disenfranchise poor or African-American voters in the South. Black literacy rates lagged behind white literacy rates until 1940. Literacy tests were applied unevenly. Property owners were often exempt, as well as those who would have had the right to vote in 1867 which was before the passage of the 15th Amendment. Some states exempted veterans of the Civil War from tests. Literacy tests varied in difficulty with African-Americans often given more rigorous tests. In Macon County, Alabama, in the late 1950s, for example, at least 12 whites who had not finished elementary school passed the literacy test, while several college-educated African-Americans were failed. Literacy tests were prevalent outside of the South as well and seen as a way to keep the poor, the immigrants, and the uninformed from voting. A 1970 amendment to the Voting Rights Act prohibited the use of literacy tests for determining voting eligibility. Other common voter suppression tactics include shutting down Department of Motor Vehicle offices in minority neighborhoods, 
making it more difficult for residents to obtain voter IDs, shutting down polling places in minority neighborhoods, systemically depriving precincts in minority neighborhoods of the resources they need to operate efficiently, such as poll workers and voting machines. Purging voters from the rolls shortly before an election is also a common uh, tactic of voter suppression. Often, voter fraud is uh, cited as justification for uh, such drastic overhauls of, of local voting laws, even when the incidence of voter fraud is low. In Iowa, lawmakers passed a strict voter ID law with the potential to disenfranchise 260,000 voters. Out of 1.6 million votes cast in Iowa in 2016, there were only 10 allegations of voter fraud. None were cases of impersonation that a voter ID law could have prevented. Iowa Secretary of State Paul Pate, the architect of the bill, admitted, we've not experienced widespread voter fraud in Iowa. And therefore, uh, proving that there was no justification for such strict um, ID regulations. In May 2017, President Donald Trump established the Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity, purportedly for the purpose of preventing voter fraud. Critics have suggested its true purpose is voter suppression. The commission is led by Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach, a staunch advocate of strict voter ID laws and a proponent of the cross-check system. Cross-check is a national database designed to check for voters who are registered in more than one state by comparing names and dates of birth. Researchers at Stanford University, the University of Pennsylvania, Harvard University, and Microsoft found that for every legitimate instance of double registration it finds, cross-checks algorithm returns approximately 200 false positives. Kobach has been repeatedly sued by the American Civil Liberties Union for trying to restrict voter voting rights in Kansas. Voting by mail is targeted is excuse me, voting by mail is a target of those that want to restrict voting access. The coronavirus pandemic of 2020 has been predicted to cause a large increase in mail voting because of the potential to spread infection at polling places. For the 2020 election, a state-by-state analysis concluded that 76% of Americans are eligible to vote by mail in 2020, which is a record number. Excuse me. The analysis predicted that 80 million ballots could be cast by mail in 2020, twice the number of mail-in ballots cast in 2016. The Postal Service sent a letter to multiple states in July of this year, warning that the service would not be able to meet the state's deadlines 
for requesting and casting last-minute absentee ballots. The House voted to include an emergency grant of $25 billion to the Postal Service to facilitate the anticipation, the anticipated flood of ballots. Trump agreed that the Postal Service would need more funds to handle the additional mail-in voting and said he will not grant any additional funding because he wanted to prevent any increase in voting by mail. As reported on the site Common Dreams as an example of, a, of occurrences across the country, the head of the Iowa Postal Workers Union alleged that mail sorting machines are being removed from post offices in her state due to new policies imposed by Postmaster General Louis DeJoy. DeJoy is a major GOP donor to President Trump, whose Operational changes have resulted in dramatic mail slowdowns across the nation. When asked by NPR's Noelle King whether she had felt the impact of DeJoy's changes, Iowa Postal Workers Union President Kimberly Carroll, a 30-year veteran of the Postal Service, answered in the affirmative, saying, Mail is beginning to pile up in our offices, and we're seeing equipment being removed. Carol continued that equipment that we use to process mail for delivery, including sorting machines, is being removed from postal service facilities in Iowa as DeJoy rushes ahead with policies that are sabotaging the postal service's day-to-day operations less than 90 days before an election that could hinge on mail-in ballots. Early in this episode, I mentioned the case of Shelby County versus Holder, which was a landmark decision by the U.S. Supreme Court regarding the constitutionality of Section 4 and 5 of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Section 5 requires state and local government obtain preclearance from the federal government before making changes to their voting laws. Section 4 explains the coverage formula that determines which jurisdictions are subjected to preclearance based on their history of discriminatory voting practices. On June 2013, the court ruled by a 5-4 to vote that Section 4 is unconstitutional because the coverage formula is based on data that is over 40 years old, making it no longer responsive to current needs and therefore imposing a burden on the constitutional principles of federalism and equal sovereignty of the states. The court did not strike down, however, Section 5, even though without Section 4, Section 5 is ineffective until Congress can come up with a new formula and update Section 4 of the Voting Rights Act. As a result of the ruling, it's easier for state officials to make it harder for black and other racio-ethnic minorities, minority voters to vote. According to research published by the American Journal of Political Science in 2017, 
Preclearance led to greater minority representation in Congress and increases in minority turnout at the polls. Five years after the ruling, nearly 1,000 polling places have been closed in the United States, with many of the closed polling places in predominantly African-American counties. Research done by the Pew Trust shows that the changing of voter locations and reduction in voting locations can reduce voter turnout. There were also cuts to early voting, purges of voter voter rolls, and imposition of strict voter ID laws. Research published by Sage Journals in June of this year, 2020, found that jurisdictions which had previously been covered by preclearance significantly increased the rate of voter registration purges after the Shelby ruling. Virtually all restrictions on voting after the ruling was done by Republicans. So, make no mistake about it, our democracy and our rights are absolutely under attack um, by internal threats. And I want to be very clear. As angry as many people are and fearful as many people are of their Second Amendment rights being taken away, of someone knocking on their door to come and take their guns, there are people in our government, elected officials, who are actively and, fa- and, and in fact working diligently to try and diminish your right to vote and who are trying to keep you from voting. Do you know why they're doing that? Because the right to vote, your right to vote, is very powerful. It is your opportunity to have a direct impact on your local government and on the national leadership. Your right to vote impacts school school leadership, your local laws, policies, It is the absolute most essential part of of democracy, of our democracy. And if, if your right to vote, if you going to the polls and casting your vote wasn't so important, there wouldn't be a systemic and concerted effort to try to prevent you from doing so. So don't feed into the lie. Get to the polls. Get to the polls. And me personally, I'm not, I don't trust the mail system right now. I really don't. I am going to be at the polls this year. I'm going to wear my mask. I might even have a face shield. I'm going to have hand sanitizer on hand. 
gloves and I am going to go and cast my vote because this very well may be the most important election of my lifetime. And I know that that's that's being said a lot these days to the point where it's almost cliche. And if you feel that way, then I encourage you to treat every election as if it is the most important election of your lifetime, because it very well may be. So um, key takeaways from uh, today's episode Voter suppression is real. Um, It impacts mostly uh, black and minority communities, as well as um, communities that are living below the poverty line or at the poverty line. It's very, very unfortunate that the people who are targeted the most are the people whose voices need to be heard the most. And it's, it's, it's very, um, it's disappointing (laughs) to know that systemically the very thing that our democracy depends on is the very thing that um, that Republicans actively work to undermine. And I try not to focus too much on any particular political party on this podcast, but there's <laughs> there's receipts on this one. And Republicans are are very um very, very, very expert at suppressing the vote. So, um, I appreciate you for listening and please, please stay informed and take care of yourself, good buddy, so that you can take care of someone else. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, please feel free to follow me on my social media at Theo So Chill on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram at Theo underscore so underscore chill. And you can email me at TheoThinks301 at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for listening and take care.